Red on Red. This week on episode 100 of the podcast, we're joined by a living legend of music in Cork City, ping pong DJ, former plugged records hassler, tombstone gig promoter, and Penske recordings man, Albert Toomey.
Mark Waldron Hyden with Misshapen, taken from his stream segregation release, available available via Sunshine Cult Recordings. And Lyite with Passion Peace, taken from his Gore-Tex in the club, Balenciaga amongst the shrubs tape. This is Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast, dropping every Wednesday evening via Cork's Red FM and redextra.ie. We're also available on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen. I'm Mike McGrath-Brien, and this week we celebrate our 100th episode of the podcast with thanks, first of all, to our listeners and our various subscribers for their support and for spreading the word so far, but also to our many guests that have been into Studio 4 here at Red FM for bringing their relationship with the city through the filters of music and their experiences to the microphone and sharing them with us. And on this occasion... We're joined by a man that for so many of us is really kind of inextricable from our own experiences in independent and DIY music in Cork City. Kind of having met him as in one of his many, many capacities and functions in keeping music going in the city and beyond. Now, feel free to kind of fact check me on the rundown of roles that I have here now for you. But uh, you're ping pong DJ and promoter, uh, former Plugged Records hassler, former Aspersion Music Collective and current Tombstone gig promoter. Former Out on a Limb Records Penske Recordings label man, a Tottenham Hotspur fanatic, a disciple of Cosmo Kramer, among other fictional entities, uh, and the guy from the Shit Albert Says Twitter account. It's Albert Toomey, ladies and gentlemen. How's it going? Thanks for having me, Mike. Thanks a million for coming through. I believe the very first of many, many times that I hassled you for an interview uh, was in the Plugged Records building on Washington Street at the time on the ground floor. Kind of where the, the the till was, just kind of under that kind of mad stairwell where all those shelves were as well. Yeah, it was a tight squeeze in there, wasn't it? It was <clears> a tight <throat> squeeze in there, but it was a wonderful experience. But thanks a million for taking on the interview because that was the first of many times that I would have pestered you for an interview as well. And I know that you don't uh, give them too often, so I really appreciate you coming in for the 100th episode no of problem. Pod as well. Thanks for being uh, so persistent. Yourself, you're from just about a half an hour from my neck of the woods out in uh, Charleville. Um, Kind of bring us into your earliest experiences with music and kind of what got you into tunes on the DIY level. Um, well, I think when, when I was uh, pretty young, my mum used to pick up records for me in Trilly and Limerick, uh, stuff like Prince, like all Thompson Twins somehow. And, uh, Thompson Twins? Yeah, you never really hear about them anymore. But um, No. And the Pogues, even though she wasn't very fond of... Uh, uh, some of the more vulgar album covers the Pogues would have, particularly Rum Sodomy and the Lash, that uh, ended up in the fire um, a couple and of times. all-time classic. Yeah, brilliant record, brilliant Rum band. Um, but like in terms of like getting into gigs and going kind of on the DIY basis, kind of what was your turning point towards you know the broad alternative thing, and then later being hipped to kind of DIY gigging and DIY labels, etc. Um, I, I guess it was when I went to college in Limerick, um, and I was hanging out with a lot of folks who were. Um, living in the city as opposed to maybe some of the kids I went to college with so I just got to go to gigs and there was a lot of punk shows and um, I guess lots of international bands came through as well through Bob O'Connell in the Termites Club there mm. um, so I managed, I was working in, in the club as well for a good few years and got to work on shows and um, that's where I first got a taste I guess of going to shows and putting on shows and stuff and Limerick was, it was, was, it was, it was bleak enough there was only the odd show every now and again Dolan's was just getting their, their act together and obviously now it's got three superb venues so mm-hmm. um, but back then we were running shows out of the Savoy uh, well Bob O'Connell was and I was helping him um, just lugging gear and whatever else um, and running a club as well so over the years that's that's where my first taste of I guess going to shows and uh, wanting to be in more involved and stuff I suppose it kind of raises one or two questions first off what did you do in college? Um, I studied marketing would you believe? Of all things, that process of kind of studying under another promoter, I think all of us kind of go through it at one time or another, wherein they start going to gigs, etc., and they kind of feel as though that you know that they need to help or what have you, just to kind of be part of of their local scene more so than just somebody that comes along to gigs. I suppose really kind of get into your early experiences with the Savoy with termites as well. Um, I guess one of the first events I did um, with with the AMC further along the line, we 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 did a lot of shows in. Uh, termites in the Savoy um, so a lot of all ages shows on Saturdays uh, Stomping Ground Raging Speed Horror and stuff like that and further along the line in in uh, 2002 we did the last ever Fugazi tour in Ireland mm-hmm. so that was a really big one for us um, we sold loads of tickets in, in Cork uh, through Jimmy in Plugged and that's how I got to know Jimmy so that kind of ties in that, that, that side of it but um, 
yeah a lot we'd ran there was like two buses came from Cork for the show and it was like obviously it was really busy from the Limerick side as well and yeah. people travelled and it was a great great night a long day but it was it was like just such a worthwhile experience and that was probably one of the biggest shows I've been involved in um, and most special obviously as well I'd imagine so I remember seeing kind of the rider and the communications uh, from that last Fugazi tour somebody not not one of the European or Irish promoters but one of the US promoters who's kind of uploaded the documentation they received recently and like there seemed to be a lot of kind of moving parts that you don't necessarily think of when you think of Fugazi you know f- mm. five euro in uh, all ages etc um, but I suppose you mentioned there you know Aspersion Music Collective was something that you co-founded in order to kind of bring more DIY gigs into Limerick off of the back of your experiences with Bob O'Connell. Yeah. Uh, talk to us about how it came together and how the idea kind of fleshed itself out over time, I suppose. Um, well, well, first of all, I think it was um, a guy called Con, Con Kremen, a really old friend of mine. He had started the AMC and um, he was working with uh, Ray Murphy and Lee Marley from Windings and yeah. Tooth. Um, uh, and they just started putting on shows and they, they asked me if I want to be involved and I said, sure. So did a couple of early just thrown together shows and then we did a lot of hardcore and metal metalcore kind of stuff mm. and then we moved through the, the gears a little more and we, we started putting on um, stuff like Joe Pernice um, Hamill and Troil uh, yeah we're a grand conspiracy and stuff like that and then I think people kind of sat up and said who are these people they're just putting on a wide range of shows so then we started putting on kind of punk shows, rock and roll, some more like electronic ones as well. So we were just kind of, we were up for anything really, you know, just to, as long as we were into it. Limerick has long been renowned for its DIY music scene and you're seeing it again now with the likes of Fail and the Grey and a DIY LK, Bad Rep, um, Music Generation Limerick in particular. You were bringing shows to town and in the wake was everything that happened with Baker Place, everything that happened with the development of Dolan's Upstairs and mm. what have you. Uh, I suppose talk to us about kind of how you see the Limerick music scene now regarding the groundwork that you know yourselves and then Bad Rep uh, Flip It TV Shane Serrano mm. um, Naive Ted that everyone has kind of put into I suppose music as a civic good in Limerick City almost kind of what's your take on it when you when you see how it's all played yeah, out it seems to be there's a real buzz down there now I went down to one of the days for Failing the Grain and it was great a really good atmosphere in the city similar to what, what we have with Quarter Block Party here mm. which is coming up on the 6th of next month. For we'll have a special edition days. next week. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Um, so that was great fun and the heads that are involved in it are brilliant and obviously you, you touched on the unseen as well, Andy and the lads. Yeah. Um, and there's a really, there's a net, good network there. They're all they're all pretty supportive and the venues are, like Limerick's a small city and it's always tough and we always found it tough to get the word out and we found that the universities didn't really, the university, yeah, UL, the, the, the kids never really came into the city for shows. We mm. found generally, you know, um, I think they're more likely to do that now. I think the venues are a little better. Obviously, there are, some of them are a little rough and ready. They know who they are. But, That's uh, what you want, by. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah, yeah. So, obviously, they've got the commercial uh, run shows now as well. And yeah, you've got Pharmacy, Pharmacy yeah. Um, and a few other kind of spots. Um, but, as I said, Fail in the Grain, it was a great experience. And there was a great atmosphere on the street. Loads of dubs, Cork heads, Limerick heads. And from all over the country, you know, it was great. It was great, and I'm really looking forward to heading down to the next one but like as the AMC developed but in and around the same time that the AMC is making tracks and starting to kind of put Limerick on the national map uh, you in turn get to occupy a little bit of a seat that doesn't really exist anymore in the music cultures of cities as it understands now as we understand it Um, you got to work behind the counter for a while for HMV on Cruiser Street kind of in the city centre and you know, it almost seems like a throwback now that uh, the people working in a record shop are kind of the arbiters of taste, whereas compared to today where, say, Plugged is kind of interacting with a venue and there's a lot more kind of back and forth to it. I'm always kind of fascinated now, in hindsight, looking at how the record chains kind of played their days out in the mid to early 2000s, right as the economic boom kind of collapsed and CD in particular became passe. And, you know, retail is always kind of a pageant of humanity uh, in the first place but I suppose take us a little bit into running a HMV in and around that time kind of what the CD boom was like but more to the point kind of what was the mindset inside of kind of big music retail um, I think they they started moving in towards um, on towards um, uh, games at that stage there was a big focus on games when I 
was just about to leave HMV mm. um, and I was actually working in the games department for a while. You kind of get shunted from department to department as, uh, as the year goes on, um, which can be enjoyable. And I had, we had a good crew in there. There was like some punk rockers and um, uh, some, some decent heads. So it was always a pleasure to work there. It, I know it's kind of an unusual setting now because um, I guess going from a, a massive conglomerate to, to, to somewhere like Plugged, um, it's kind of a weird one, but no. to be honest, it was a it was a beautiful thing. You know, when when Jim offered me a job in Cork City, I jumped jumped at the chance. You know, so yeah. I was really really happy to, to 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 get my claws into Cork City. Just after you started kind of working in HMV, uh, Out on a Limb Records presents itself. You co-founded the label with Kieran Ryan uh, as a means of platforming Limerick Two Piece. Give a man a kick. I suppose talk to us a little bit about how the label came together, what the story was with approaching Give a Man a Kick, and how do you approach setting up an independent label at right around the time the music industry and in particular distributors and retailers begin to become a little bit more risk averse. First of all, the first thing that I released under the Out in the Limb moniker would have been a compilation um, with um, Big Trev Meehan from Unfit for Consumption and Con Kremen who started the AMC and we put out a compilation of 24 tracks. Um, should the youth have gone mad? I think it's the title of it. It's like a CDR. I think there's one up in Discogs actually. So if you want to check it out, so it's a compilation of punk, metal, some electronic stuff. But uh, it's worth worth checking out. The Dagda, uh, Cabin Boy, stuff like that. So Dagda, yeah, yeah, yeah. So give them a kick. We're there. Lots of other kind of great great Irish bands over the years. Mm. Um, and then I spotted this band, give them a kick, making a record around the city. And I said, I wonder would they be interested in, you know, making a making a release of, of what they got going on and they seemed into it and that's how I got to know Steve Ryan obviously and, and Keith Lawler aka Lala mm. and um, it was a pleasure to work with them and then Kieran um, was intrigued and he said would you be interested in, in in me getting involved and I said yeah sure and Richard Burke who would have done sound for the AMC and and worked with, with, with Steve throughout his two days and stuff doing sound and recording stuff and all that he wanted to get involved as well and I said okay this is perfect let's 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 work together and it was a real DIY thing like we didn't really have distribution for a while now that came together a couple of years later with RMG yeah um, but at that time we were like dropping record CDs into different stores in the in, in different towns and all over the, the country I was wondering how it was kind of reaching to people before RMG because I do remember seeing that logo on a couple of Out in a Limb Records releases but I suppose talk to us a little bit about the three of you came together to help run the label it was your baby uh, I suppose how did you kind of settle on who was handling which role or was it simply a matter of kind of all hands on deck a la Discord I guess we, we chat about it Kiran is a good good for, for chit chat so he's he did a lot of the PR and stuff um Great experience in media as well. I don't know if you know Kieran, but you yeah, must have met Kieran. him over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, fantastic dude living up in Dundalk now. Um, and Richard did a lot of the recording. And the two guys had cars as well. So I, I obviously, I travel on hoof or yeah. by public transport. So I'm useless in, in a lot of effects. But Steve, the, the Give Man a Kick lads, did have their own van. A beast that was was, uh, that was that was brought to the glue factory a couple of years ago. Oh. But um, yeah, so it was a pleasure to work with those guys. And we started plotting releases. And, and through the AMC, I'd put on a few Cork bands that I really liked and Dublin bands later on. And I just said, would you be interested in putting a record out? And we started chatting. And then there was, a, you know, there seemed to be people interested in, in what we were doing. So it, it got a little easier and easier. So that's how we got to know 10 past 7, Rest and, and Waiting Room actually was the second release on the label. Mm. Um, and, and Dave O'Hearn was was a guy who'd put on shows in Cork City. And I I got to know him and he's like a, a real old friend, real good dude. Um, and he helped out with the label a little bit as well he was great so then we had Waiting Room on the books there was a good buzz about Waiting Room at the time so we were really happy to put that record out um, and they were touring the UK the States and, and all over Ireland as well they were yeah great hard working guys we're going to go back to some more music Albert you've helped pick the playlist and earlier on we heard from Mark Waldron Hyden and Lyot but coming up we have Doubt with you taken from their Species EP they the the lads who run the label um, are doing a great job at the moment. Flood. Got the Flood Collective. The Flood Collective, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, with Sin and Tension and Doubt, they seem to have a nice, yeah, great sound going. It's it's not not something that I would 
would usually listen to, but I, I really like what they're doing. And, and Hard Drum has kind of really taken off yeah. so much, and it's just kind of a shame that up until recently they didn't have much of a platform. Like that's changed in recent times. Absolutely. Um, this track is a little more mellow though, and the, the whole Hard Drum thing. I think it's a it's a little more accessible. This track. This is true, but it's a good entree to what they're getting up to with that. You also have Pretty Happy with uh, is it Arkansas or Arkansas? How are you Arkansas. pronouncing it? Arkansas. Um, yeah, recent single of theirs right before they release Schmuck before their quarter block party appearance yeah. uh, in early February. We've had them on the show before. Really, really, really dryly funny people as well as really, really, a really talented band. Um, like, what have you made of their live incursions so I far? I loved it. I really loved it. It was uh, They really shook me right up the last time I saw them. They opened for jogging and I just thought it was great. Great fun. I really kind of gave me reminded me of Perubu and Pixies a little bit and I was going wow who are these guys you know I know I'd, I'd seen their name on posters and um, that they're playing a bunch of shows around so I was really glad to see them mm. and I thought it was great I really really enjoyed the show it was like a lot of fun it's going to be class to see them with Melt and God Alone that's, gonna, that's a great lineup, yeah that's going to be something we'll hear from Pretty Happy momentarily but first this is Doubt with you here on Red On Red
My sexual appetite is impressive for an older man. I work in a car dealership. My performance is second to none. My children respect me to a point of silence. I work hard, but I work harder on my fun. I am the king of Arkansas. I am the king of Arkansas. Duly appointed, forever anointed. I am the Arkansas king. This is Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast, and we're still joined in studio by Albert Tooby. And Albert, from your time in Plugged Records, you begin venturing back into the label game a little bit, uh, setting up a label, dealing primarily in vinyl, but also digital as well, with Penske Recordings. And, you know, that's put out a lot of fantastic stuff over the last couple of years, like some Magic Pockets, Percolator, The Altered Hours, Fixity, etc. Maybe talk to us a little bit about getting Penske off the ground again after your time with out on the limb and kind of your changed understanding of the role of a record shop and what works for 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 flipping vinyl etc and just maybe talk to us a little bit about how it's been to kind of keep it going yeah um well it just kind of came out of the blue i just i saw a band called woven skull a few times and i was going that's just great 
and I just chatted to them a little bit about putting out a record in it. It went back and forth for a little bit and then a couple of years later we finally got in the same room and said, okay, let's make this make this real. So um, so Paddy and Carl from the Altered Hours recorded it. Uh, lads came down, set up um, and yeah, so that was the first record on the label, uh, Woven Skull. Um, Layer of the Glowing Bantling. Yes, it's a great record, great album cover. Karen Browett, um looks good, <laughs> sounds good. Um, yeah, so I just got back into the game that way. I didn't really visualize it before it actually happened. It was kind of something that I said, oh, geez, I need to do this now again. So, yeah. And then obviously there was people around me that I thought would be great to get involved. Uh, Danny from Art for Blind was putting out the Altered Hours record and we got chatting about maybe collaborating on it and that's how that came about. And obviously um, watching Dan Walsh do many of his shows in different guises around town, I was intrigued by the Fixity, the, the opportunity to put out the Fixity record. So we chatted about that and I was, <laughs> when, he, when I realised it was a double record, I was going, okay, this is going to cost quite a, little, <laughs> a lot more than I had envisaged. So I just looked him in the eye and I said, are you sure about this, Dan? And he goes, never been sure, you know. And then we did it. Like so we put it out on CD as well. I will say as well, putting out a CD these days can be—it's a tricky one. It is. I'd say so because unless yeah. you're targeting people that are kind of like in car listening and all of yeah. this, it can be—it it can be fairly tricky. One imagines. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about how you know the logistics of running a label have changed. Naturally, you're still shipping stock around the country. You're still going from place to yeah. place. Um, Without well, the benefit this time of RM, of the likes of an RMG chart, it's back to kind of DIY in certain cases. Although Pence or Percolator got help with France and there was a couple of other places. Yeah, um, I also had uh, distribution in the UK with Cargo Distribution. That's the one, that was the name that was coming yeah. to mind. So, I was gonna talk so about probably that. the best distribution company for all that. Well, it's, it was Cargo Worldwide. So friends of mine told me they saw records in Australia and a few in the States and stuff. So that's that's all. That, that was great uh, to have the support of... Um, a well-renowned distribution company. Cargo have great labels on the on the books. Rocket, Hyperdub, stuff like that. Uh, Fire, great, great stuff. So it's obviously um, exciting to, to, to be involved with a company carrying those titles. What's been the biggest change for you with Penske compared to early Out on a Limb records? I, I guess Out on a Limb would have been primarily CDs. Um, and I had more time, I guess, at that stage of my life to get on the road um, and flog CDs. So me and Kieran and Richard would typically, for album launches and stuff, would try and get to Galway, Cork, Dublin, and support the guys do 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 the merch install and stuff. Um, I I do it still every now and again, but it's more difficult these days. So. When you're not busy with Penske recordings, you're also running gigs and events again under the Tombstone moniker, including coming up on the 22nd of next month, No Spill Blood and Percolator happening at the keynote. Kick off at nine o'clock, a tenner in advance from uticket.ie or 12 euro at the door. And you're also DJing a little bit under the Ping Pong name, which is a name that you've kind of run various clubs under. Yeah, we were doing the club for years. Uh, when I got when I came to Cork, I didn't really envisage getting involved in any clubs or putting on shows. I just wanted to focus on unplugged records, to be honest, yeah. and whatever was, you know, happening there. Um, but friends of mine, Shane and uh, Niall, said, look, we're meeting this venue in town. Clancy's the Liquid Lounge and they said would you be interested in coming down and hearing what they got to say so I went down and I went holy crap this might actually work so we started putting on shows there um, and worked out sweet for a couple of years So and then we were using the whiskey as well for smaller shows um, and that was great too great fun so unfortunately the venue has not been used anymore the, I think it's a storeroom now or something yeah upstairs yeah. in what is now El Phoenix yeah and we and did. We used the the old lobby room as well, which was which is a great spot. But unfortunately, that's that's not been reopened since the fire that, that happened there. Um, was it over six months ago now? I think so. Yeah. Mm. You still see ping pong stickers around the city from its original run, and there's still something that's kind of discussed in hushed tones. And I suppose, what's your take on the Clancy's building being sold? And naturally, something like the Liquid Lounge is probably not going to happen again in there. They've got the hotel and all of this talk as well. Um, again, I, a sign of the times. I, I guess just from putting on gigs, DIY gigs over the years, I've always used spaces that weren't necessarily um, 
going to last. <laughs> like pretty much every venue I used in Limerick is, is now uh, either knocked to the ground or just totally empty and uh, rotting into the sea, you know? Like we used to put on gigs in the boat club in Limerick City, the old boat club. Yeah. Um, lovely old red brick building. Yeah. Um, and I, that, I don't think that's been used for anything the last while but we put on some special shows down there over the years obviously the high stools closed Savoy's knocked to the ground the globe is just empty for over a decade I'd say at this stage I suppose that's a convenient segue to talk about how you feel about Cork in 2020 because as we all know the venues that do exist are you know strongly supportive of local independent music uh, the Roundy Fred's Cypress Avenue in particular does kind of yeah, hang in Wind, front of the Wind, bigger Wintrop stuff. Avenue now as well Winter Avenue Kino's downstairs re-opened. as well the yeah. Kino's having reopened yeah. um, you know it's just so much going on there's so many more festivals etc happening and mm. you know it's fundamentally different from even how it was 10 years ago just when you think about the, f- the festivals coming up in the next couple of months you've got Quarter Block Party It Takes, takes a, a village. village I don't think the Sound Fair or Open Year is going to happen this year I know Open Ears on a break. I didn't think so. Fair so. was. Yeah, I'm. I'm not too sure. Monolith yeah. happening in uh, August yeah, as well. That's a big thing. The, yeah, yeah. So that's that's going to be good. I suppose with all that in mind, talk to a little bit about how you feel about the venue situation in the city, the kind of the challenges and upsides of putting on gigs like No Spill Blood and Percolator, and just how you feel about the infrastructure that's there for musicians and music people in Cork City. The last time Percolator were down, they played a great show in the Roundy, and it was like really busy and nice atmosphere. Loved it in there, but just with no spilled blood on, on board now as well. It's nice to have a bigger bigger system and venue to, to facilitate it. So just approached the Kino, Joe and Ed, and uh, they've obviously Ashling and Keelan involved as well down there. Um, and they were keen to get involved. So yeah, so looking forward to that one next month. Um, yeah, and obviously Cypress Avenue redeveloped and they have the new venue, which I haven't been into yet, which is... Really? Un- yeah, which is a bit of a weird one, but... You uh, were, you were. Cause Wintrap had- Avenue, no, no. Well, not Winter Avenue, such as yeah. the upstairs, the oh, Cypress Avenue, because yeah, you indeed. were there for the fundraiser. I was indeed, yeah, 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 and I was there for Robert Forrester and a few other shows as mm. well. Yeah, it's great, great spot. I suppose, how do you see that situation changing and how do you see the scene changing as the city begins to change in and of itself in the next couple of years? You know, um, different areas of town are being redeveloped, gentrified, etc. There's going to be a big demographic shift of people out to the Docklands and possibly... You know, more venues or more spaces kind of popping up outside of what we know now as the city centre. Talk to us a little bit about where you see music in Cork going over the coming years and as these kind of bigger changes kind of take their toll. I think there seems to be a good backbone of venues there now for people to play shows in. I think there's support for the shows as well. I think there's a lot of kids coming up making great, great noises now. God Alone, um, Pretty Happy, Happy Alone. There's, like, there's plenty of a wide range of styles happening in the city great support from the likes of Stevie G from um, Red FM as well mm-hmm. on the hip hop side and the yeah there's like, I mean I think when people make an effort it's they do get the support that they need in the city um, again you were just talking about the parallel to, to Limerick I think in a similar way the people are enjoying a kind of renaissance now of, of live music and stuff um, and it's always great to have the opportunity to play in different venues in the city as well. So to have the Kino reopen and Cypress have, uh, 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 Avenue redevelop, it's fantastic. And obviously you've got venues like Plugged, which has been very supportive to, to myself, the label, and lots of other people putting on shows over the last couple of years and way more experimental shows than than, than lots of venues would risk generally. You know, Jim, Jim has been great for supporting all those shows. And even the, the likes of the guest house, Mick O'Shea, um, Which is something that doesn't get talked about enough when we talk yeah, about the venue yeah, situation. He, he's happy out. He was he two two shows that were absolutely jammed over the last couple of weeks, so he was he was delighted. I think he may have actually been given out, to be honest, that it was t- too busy. There were too many people fitting yeah. into that library upstairs. Yeah, it's a great space. I don't know if you've ever been there. We should get. I your have ass been up on a there. bunch of times. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, so I, I think the city is looking good. I think the support is there for the shows. The venues are there. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about No Spill Blood and Percolator happening at the Kino on Saturday, 22nd of February. But first, we're going to go back to some more tunes. You've picked a bit of a personal favourite of ours in recent months uh, here on the podcast with Elaine Howley's Song for Mary Black, taken from Touch Sensitive Records' uh, fifth anniversary compilation, Whacker That. And I mean, it's a beautiful piece of music in that it both evokes the familiar and has that kind of touch of the experimental about it. It's just such a beautiful piece of music really in, in that trippy. respect. It's a trippy tune, I love it. It is, but it's so simple yeah. in that, yeah. you know, that kind of reverse clarinet thing that mm. she has going on in the loop underneath it as well is 
again, not only trippy, but also kind of really warm as well. Like, it's a real statement for what she's doing with it as well. Now, because the second single came out in the Unseen mixtapes, and anybody that's been to see her solo show in the last couple of months will have heard the extent of what she's going for with it. You also have uh, Flowers at Night. Is it Juno Chital or Juno Chital? Chital, I think. Chital. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who played Quantum Block Party last year, supporting Hilary Woods, if I'm not mistaken. Or was that that's 2017? Right, I think. Yeah, it was. Uh, at the Triscoll Chrysler. It would have been 2018, I think. Um, with Autumn Leaves. Yeah, it's a great tune. I think it was the tail end of uh, last year. Mm-hmm. Just released it. Fantastic. She's great. She's got strong car connections. Obviously, she's from Shirkin uh, Island. Shirkin Island, yeah. Shirkin, no responsibility in putting out good right. tunes. Yeah, yeah. And we'll hear from Flowers at Night momentarily. But first, this is Elaine Howley with Song for Mary Black here on Red on Red.
Flowers at Night with Autumn Leaves, available now from her Bandcamp. This is Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast. And just before we finish up for this special 100th episode of the show, Abertumi, the microphone is yours. Uh, is there any plugs that you want to make for upcoming gigs? Uh, anything in particular you'd like to bring attention to? Any hexes or curses that you might like to place onto people in a public environment? Um, I'd say that, well, the, we have the quarter block party coming up early next month, and mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. Ho- hopefully catch Pretty Happy again, and God Alone, and Ivanessa Francis with Elaine Howley as well. Yeah, some great shows. Post-punk pod and the techno yeah, hippies. There's, there's some mad ones in there. Acid well. Granny. Yeah. I'm so looking forward to seeing mm. Acid Granny happening or in, in person, yeah. or to see, to, to bearing witness to the phenomenon. Yeah. So it's always a great festival. I mean, I think the first year is still the most enjoyable one I've had. I'm just walking the street, drinking a beer, going to see shows down in St. Peter's it was great I loved it I just yeah. it's such magic and of course on the 22nd of February No Spill Blood and Percolator in a double header a tombstone presentation at the yeah, Kino it's a big one for me so I hope people come along please buy tickets uh, you can get tickets from Uticket or on the door I would imagine a but, tenor um, via uticket.ie and 12 euro on the door for more information head to uticket.ie of course Penske Recordings back catalogue available now from all good vinyl peddlers around the city and indeed around the country including Plugged Records upstairs on Castle Street and Bunker Vinyl Bunker and Music Zone as well yeah we're blessed with record stores in this city which is aren't we just yeah well you know we can all be glad for the sustained nerdery that has kept record stores going and bringing them to this point for us to continue to kind of show love to. And even Music Zone out in the industrial estate in Toker. Yeah, I've been out a few times. It's um, There's a real survivor. Yeah, he's, Ray's been brilliant to support the label as well over the last couple of years, like in John and Bunker as well, Jim and Plugged. It's great to have, you know... Um, your, your your label titles in, in, in different shops it, it, I guess it should be available in your, your hometown but it's not always the case so it's great that I have the support of these people Any plans or anything kind of interesting happening with yourself then in 2020? Um, just get through this gig and then hopefully go on some trips abroad hoping to make it to Porto Primavera and uh, Legas Who in uh, Utrecht in November which is probably my favourite festival right now and uh, maybe Raw Power in London, which is always good fun. Still have to get to Primavera as well. Never had the opportunity to do it in all these years. And with I recommend ha- recommend the Porto one. It's like it's a it's a, it doesn't have the full uh, billing that the, the the Barcelona one has, but it's um, it's a great city, great eats, amazing wine. It's cheap, and um, yeah, last year was amazing. Had a great time with it. What more could you want? Absolutely, yeah. And on that note, we leave this special 100th edition episode of Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast from Red FM and RedExtra.ie. Thank you very much to Albert Toomey for not only joining us this episode, braving an onset of illness to do it. I mean, thanks a million for taking no the time. No worries. Sorry if I'm a little sluggish tonight. I'm not feeling too too well today. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you very much to the team at Cork's Red FM for allowing myself and an increasingly esoteric selection of musicians and personalities to haunt the office every Tuesday night for recording. Thank you very much to Dave Mack, our programming director, to Rebecca Noonan, our head of digital, Killian Pettit, to Stevie G and Alan O'Donovan for their help and support with creating and formatting and launching the show, and to Izzy Showbizzy for her help with various last-minute phone line panics, and to everybody at the station for allowing a podcast about weird local music to be heard and to be a small part of life at Cork's most listened-to radio station, according to the most recent JNLRs. Thank you very much for listening for the past 100 podcasts, and if you like what you're hearing, please take the time to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, as well as other podcasting platforms. Share this on your social media and make sure to check out the artists featured online or at an upcoming gig. And if you like more Irish tunes, please be sure to listen in to Green on Red on Sunday nights with Alan O'Donovan for the best of all that is Irish on Cork's Red FM, 104 to 106. Albert, you're leaving us with an excerpt from Tra Fadine and their single track, 54-minute debut album recorded uh, up in UCC. This kind of fusion of psychedelic rock folk improvisation as well it's, it's great. a beautiful piece yeah. of music and you Sunshine Cult are doing great stuff at the moment they really are yeah. that's the label I've been wanting to have in the podcast as well so if anybody's listening hit us up um, you've chosen the segment from 13 minutes and 30 seconds in up until the 9 minute point which you know single track bodies of work they're always going to come and go in movements as well kind of talk to us about that particular patch that you've chosen for us I just think it goes right across a lot of different styles and uh they all kind of hit me so uh, yeah just I, I didn't want to play the whole thing 
think it didn't think it was going to be possible. Um, I have a temptation to just like stick this entire thing on as a single yeah, track. Yeah, I, I would love if I thought that was a possibility. <laughs> I wouldn't have taken an excerpt, but um, there we go. I think it's a good it's a good reflection of what they're what they're getting at. It's a little wild in parts, and it's 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 gorgeous. It's great. It absolutely is. And we'll throw you over now to Trafadin with an excerpt from Set Ahayan available on CDR of all things, as well as digital via Sunshine Cult Recordings. This has been Red on Red, and we'll talk to you next week.
Red on Red.